What is going on, Suns fans, and welcome to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Darth Voida, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. I'm joined by my other host, Matthew Lissy. I'd like to thank you for joining me and joining us and joining him. Always. Good Twice. To be here, <laughs> Twice. <Yeah. laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, welcome everybody. It's uh, it's another Wednesday. Thank you for joining the Suns Jam Session podcast. Whether you're watching along live or you're listening to the podcast at a later time and date, we appreciate you hanging out, talking. Well, not talking. It's a one way conversation. You're just listening. We're doing all the talking. Uh, but thank you for doing so. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're consuming this content. Make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you hit the thumbs up button. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review. And if you're on Google or Spotify or Pixel or like a new era hats. I don't know. Uh, just tell your friends. Just tell your friends. Dixel. Just tell your friends. So plenty to talk about today. I know that you know we're, the regular season's creeping, Matthew. It's the, it's the 31st of August. 31st of August. I, I went oh. on a rant earlier this month on how much I hate this fucking month. 31 days of August. It's just, it's just gross. And, of course, on the last day, we're doing a podcast. And in typical Arizona fashion, our reward... For entering the burrs, if you will, September, October, November, December. Is this going to be like 110 for the next week, dude? Like, what's that about? What's that about? Well, it's been missing. There hasn't been, I think, a week where we hit 110. So oh, it's, there has it's been. been coming around. Has there? June. I feel like it's been like 105, like 105, June. 106. This week has been hot, but it hasn't been this hot yet. June it's 9th. It's been a good summer. June 8th, you, June 9th, June 10th. You know the dates where it hit 110. I do know the dates. I know when it hit 115. Where it says 110 or it says it in your new truck. <laughs> Where it said 115. I guarantee really? you. I, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I must have had a migraine that day and I was in bed all day. So who knows? <laughs> so, but, but I know this week's been super hot, man. Oh, yeah. And it's just, again, you know, when, when you hear September, you start to think, hey, football's starting. We're a month away from basketball. Like fall is in the air as much as it can be relative to Arizona. But then you always forget that September kind of sucks. You know, it'll start to cool down in the mornings. It'll start to cool down at night, but not when it's a buck 10, man. So again, I'm, I'm not complaining too much because I know that the good times are ahead of us. All right. So, you know, the only thing that's hotter than the temperatures is you, Matthew. Perso says Jay, host of the yes. Fanning the Flames podcast, says you're super hot, Matthew. A little bit of a shadow makes me even more hot. Huh? He's on fire, fire. So, uh, but again, we'll... Still got plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. We're going to talk about a potential trade target for the Phoenix Suns, or not trade target, unrestricted free agent signing. Go for him. Uh, talk about some trade rumors that people are talking about. And then we're going to get into yeah. the Southeast Division preview as we are going through all the divisions on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So uh, until we get to that point, Matthew, do you got anything to pop open today? What are you doing on a Wednesday night? Nothing today. Today was actually a migraine day, so I just Ooh. got out of bed. Just rolled out of bed. I was watching Friday Night Lights today, and it's a great show. I've never seen it before. It's a really good fucking show. <laughs> Have you seen it? I watched the movie, and I think the movie just missed on me. It was shortly after, uh, what's the one with James Vander? Be like, I don't want your life. What, was, what movie was that? It was uh, he, Jonathan Moxon. Uh, was that? Whatever. I don't know. I don't know, but the show Friday Night Lights is actually pretty good. It's Texas football, right? Got a little teary-eyed a few times. I'm like, Whoa, wait, is it down. just the migraine? Or it's is it the migraine. It's clearly the migraine. Room. Okay. Well, let's. I'm gonna pop open a beer for Matthew's migraine. 
oh jesus christ that got everywhere <laughs> it's all over the miles. it's on my computer screen it- trying to clean up this mess over here i popped i popped it i, I, I popped that shit everywhere um but uh yeah uh, people are saying in the chat shout out to sons geek who's watching long live with us uh varsity blues is the name of the james vanderbeek movie uh friday night lights really oh it was like no. wheelhouse when i was in, in high school okay um and then varsity blues was a movie shortly thereafter and then they made the tv show so uh the Pointless information brought to you by the Suns Jam Session podcast, as always. So the first thing that I want to talk about today is something that I know not a lot of people are necessarily going to agree with. Uh, and that is the fact that, you know, I'll, I'll start with this as a baseline. OK, so last week, John Gambadoro from Arizona Sports 98.7, and he's a Suns insider, uh, tweeted out that he was hearing that the Suns will now turn their attention, seen as the Kevin Durant debacle debacled. Uh, they're going to turn their attention to try to obtain a post-up power forward. They have the cap payer exception still available to them. So he put that out there. Everybody starts, you know, kind of try to tie some pieces together, say, who could the Phoenix Suns go get? And my first thought was kind of an afterthought because I knew that the one guy who I feel would be a good post-up backup power forward Um, wasn't going to be available to anyone in the league. And that was a guy who I've written multiple articles on Bright Side of the Sun. In fact, if you're an avid reader of Bright Side of the Sun, you can see uh, an article coming out tomorrow or the next day about that guy. And that's Montrez Harrell. Oh, yeah. Breaking news. John likes Montrez Harrell. (laughs) And the reason he wouldn't necessarily be available to any player, even though he's an unrestricted free agent, is... Early this year, while driving in Kentucky, he had three vacuum-sealed bags of marijuana, got pulled over, and he was facing felony charges. It's like nobody wants to deal with that shit, right? Nobody wants to deal with that. But then Chris Haynes tweets out today that a felony charge against free agent center Montrez Harrell on trafficking marijuana has been reduced to possession of marijuana and a misdemeanor judge ruled this morning. If, it, if he's in good legal standing for the next 12 months, Mr. Meter could be removed from his record altogether. So all of the sudden, he becomes kind of an available guy. So tell me your thoughts on Montreal Harrell before I start just beating the drum for him again and everyone just <laughs> tells me I'm fucking wrong because everyone always tells me I'm wrong on this one, and I'm okay with it. Just Well, I've always been there with you, I feel like, with Harrell. I've always liked him. Right. I've always wanted him to be on this team. I think even three years ago when he was a big name on the market before the Clippers thing, I feel like I was going for him for the Suns to grab him and be something more than I thought he could be. Now that it's been a few years later, now that there's been the drug charge, which I don't care, marijuana, whatever, because of like just that's not a distraction to to anybody. If, If you were to think like, oh, that might be a distraction or something for him to join a team because of that. No, it's not gonna be. I think this guy is a good player. I think he's decent. I think he's not gonna be enough to give the Suns what they really need, the full season length. I think he's good energy. I think he can be not consistent, but he can be someone that you can roll out there to get the energy back up for a team. Um, That's what I feel like the Suns do need. I think they need a player like that. So I am with you, John, on adding Montrezl Harold, and it wouldn't be that much. What did he make, $10 last year? So he's not going to be making nearly that much. I feel like you'll get a lot out of him. 
for a small amount, depending on what that amount would be. I just feel like the value would be good for a guy like Montrezl Harold. So I'm with you. I think he's a good ad for the Suns, and you know all I'll right. defend you, man. I'll be on your side. We'll we'll take them all, us versus the hundreds, because I think he'd be a good ad for the Suns. It'll be interesting to see what comments are on the bright side thread tomorrow after or the next day, whenever oh, that article is published. Because you know, I I agree with you. The only thing that would keep any team away from Montrezl Harold when he has a felony charge for marijuana isn't the fel isn't the action itself. It's the fact that he might be facing some sort of suspension. Right. So it's like, why would you bring a guy in knowing that he could miss half the season? But if it's dropped to misdemeanor, there's most likely not going to be a suspension that accompanies it. And again, I think that he truly addresses a need for the team. Now, that being said, uh, shout out to Hey.Zero, who's one of our uh, loyal guys who comes in and comments in the YouTube chat. We appreciate you hanging out here. Everybody hit the thumbs up button. Plus, shameless plug. Uh, he says we can't have Harold and Biombo playing together on the court. And that is true. I feel like that's that would be a challenge for the Phoenix Suns, but it would be on Monty Williams how to kind of stagger it appropriately to where if it, that was to happen, you have enough offensive threats on the on the court to progress the offense during those times. Because if you had Harrell out there, you know what he brings to the team is really something that is a need for the Phoenix Suns. I mean, I mean. Straight up, this team was the 19th best team in the NBA last year when it came, comes to offensive rebounding. Okay, you look at some of his stats last year with Charlotte slash Washington, and you know from a rebounding standpoint, he was in the 92nd percentile per B-ball index uh, on offensive rebounds and 99 percentile in putback impact per 75 possessions. He's a guy who crashes the glass grabs the boards, and that's where he scores his points. He had 11.4 points uh, in 21 minutes per night with the Charlotte Hornets alone last season. So he's somebody who, you know, it's a, it's a, it's the 2019 and slash 20 six man of the year winner. So he's somebody who knows his role, comes in off the bench, provides tenacity, uh, provides physicality, you know, to a team that is, let's face it, the Phoenix Suns are a finesse team. Tell me who's the most physical guy on our team last year. Jay Crowder, it wasn't JaVale McGee. He's not, he's not, a, he's not a power guy, and he's gone no, anyways. He's no, We're yeah. a finesse team. So why not bring in a guy who can meet the need of being a, a, an aggressive power forward, who can slam the glass, uh, who brings that physicality, and you know, kind of to Gambo's tweet, they're looking for a post-up guy. Well, again, going back to bballindex.com, he was in the 92nd percentile in total post frequency. He was in the 90th percentile in post-impact per 75 possessions, which essentially is the points scored per 75 offensive possessions on the court from post-ups above uh, and below what the league average of efficiency would yield, and 87th percentile in post-up draw foul rate. Now, I get that he's a 66.2% career free, sh free throw shooter from the line, but guess what? He gets to the line. He can put the opposition in foul trouble if need be. There's my case. Yeah. That's strange getting to the line. That'd be very know, what different. What a concept. <laughs> That'd be very weird. Fuck, man. You know, how much can you put into Jock Lindale? Like, this is a guy who, of course, the interview on Peach and X was great. Seems like a great guy. Seems like he's going to be a fan favorite coming out. But how 100%. much can he give us? Because I think McGee and Biombo last year did a good job at staggering minutes. So when McGee wasn't playing well, Biombo was there. Biombo came in at a certain time when McGee just seemed kind of tired. That's why it's kind of weird to see him. McGee, that is, as a center, a starting center for the um, Dallas Mavericks, because I don't see him that way. I see him as a guy that gets tired very easily, mm -hmm. and I don't think he can put that much on his shoulders. 
So Biombo, though, I think he has more. I think he has more of the energy that he can keep up through the whole season, more than McGee. I'm not saying he's going to put up the same production. I'm just saying he can play, I think, more minutes than what McGee probably – what he did last year. Um, so if you're if you're buying in a jock, I would say maybe no to Harrell. But I think Harrell – and, of course, you can't play them together, that Harrell and uh, Biombo. But you can stagger the minutes. You know, mm-hmm. when they're not going to play these two dudes, Biombo and Harold. They're not going to be consistent all year long. So you play the one that's hot. So I would love to see that. It's just I don't know. I'm excited to see Jock. That's the only thing I'm excited to yeah. see that dude to be a backup center too. So it would take minutes away from that. But if you get it for cheap, if you get Harold for cheap, I think it's the worth the ad. Which you could. And again, like he could play some small ball five for you as well. So if you want to add a little bit more versatility to your lineup. Uh, and again, I think you just add it's add an attitude to the lineup, and he doesn't have to necessarily play a bunch for that attitude to exist, right? You know, he's an enforcer. He's somebody who who would cheer on the sidelines. Again, a, a guy who knows his role, Jabroni, and accepts it. And I think that that's something that this team de- desperately needs. You know, as much as we love the team from last season that won sixty four games, you think back to the previous season with Javon Carter on the bench, right? And you think of you know the way that that bench unit operated even the guys who weren't playing that's not to say that the 64 win team didn't have great bench guys but there was just a different kind of energy that the team that went to the finals had and i think that bringing in a a player like montrez harrell is somebody who can just add to that that culture if you will and somebody who you know again i just I'm, i'm a fan of physicality on a team that's nothing but finesse and that's where i feel like the phoenix suns really struggles we don't have any physicality in the post Aiton's a hundred percent finesse uh Biombo's a hundred percent finesse Dario Saric is wants to be finesse but he just falls on his ass you know and Jock will be it'll be interesting to see who Jock is you know he's yeah. he's kind of yeah. a plus defender so I want to see who he is too I'm excited for him as well as you mentioned yeah it'll be it'll be weird I, I don't know what we're going to see from these guys but I just don't know if the people that were fans of Harold still are fans that were fans. Are they still fans of his that they think that he can actually give something to a team? Cause I feel like before three or four years ago, this guy was huge on the market. I thought like, I thought a lot of teams liked him. A lot of people liked him. Now it's just like, no, he's kind of just second guess. So maybe that's who he is now, but I feel like I've always liked him. Not as much, but it's like, if he's an addition, it's not going to be anything where I'm going to be upset about at all. Well, I wonder what the why is, right? I mean, that's kind of like yeah, exactly. the, the the behind the scenes stuff, right? So, because again, you know, after he winning the Sixth Man of the Year award in 2019 slash 20, um, you know, he he signed as a free agent with the Los Angeles Lakers, remember? And then shortly thereafter, you know, he played he plays the season in L.A. doesn't have a huge impact in L.A. Right? I mean, he ends the season uh, with playing in a total of 69 games, uh, 13.5 points, 6.2 rebounds, but he didn't mesh with that team because nobody meshes on LeBron teams. Let's just come down to (laughs) it, you know, let's shoot straight. So, (laughs) so they end up trading him as a part of of a five team trade that includes Contavious Caldwell Pope and Kyle Kuzma uh, to the Washington wizards. Uh, The nets traded Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, Aaron holiday was part of that trade. I mean, there's a ton of names that were part of that trade uh, and it's the Russell Westbrook trade. And so he ends up in Washington, you know, so again, his one chance to be a free agent, you know, he went with the Lakers and that makes sense for a guy who's a six man of the year candidate. And then he got passed around a couple times, you know, he goes to Washington, you know, he plays there for a little over a year and then, or less than a year, I'm sorry. And then he gets traded to the Hornets for Vernon Carey Jr. and Ish Smith. 
So something in Washington didn't jive with Montrez Harrell. We don't know what that was. I mean, he averaged 14.1 points with Washington last season and 6.7 rebounds in 46 games and 24 minutes. So it's not like he wasn't productive, but something there was a turnoff for Washington where they maybe they just wanted Ish Smith back so bad. And maybe Charlotte did a good job of trying to bring him in. And then, of course, you know, he hits the free agent market this year uh, in, in a pretty, you know, uh, shitty free agent market. And it, I don't know what it was with the Charlotte guys, right? Like you have Miles Bridges who became a restrictor free agent and then, and he, he's what he's like batting his woman around, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and then you get Montrez Harrell who gets busted for weed in Kentucky, which is like a place that's super hard on weed laws. So there's two guys who had an opportunity to kind of cash in leaving Charlotte, both just cornhole themselves. So uh, there's always a story, right? There's I always mean, a story behind every player. And mm-hmm. once you go to the Lakers playing with LeBron, Things fall apart for players. Yeah, dude. I mean, mentally, they just they fall apart. Yeah, look at Kyrie Irving. <laughs> I don't know what I think. I think LeBron tells these players like, "Hey, you want to play with me? You need to sacrifice somebody." So look into his family history, <laughs> see someone was sacrificed. Maybe that's what happened. Because I feel like a lot of these players that has to happen to play with LeBron. <laughs> it's like making a deal with the devil, man. It's like making a deal with the devil. Hollywood. Hollywood. Uh, speaking of the Lakers, uh, there was a tweet that came out a little bit earlier this week that I just wanted to talk about just for a little bit. And it's from at B ball forever. FB. Uh, it said via Sean Deveni Devaney. I know I got that name wrong. Totally. A Western conference <laughs> executive. So an executive in the Western conference thinks that Anthony Davis could be traded to the Phoenix suns for Deandre Ayton and cam Johnson. And they had a little, a little, uh, Graphic with it showing LeBron with Cam Johnson and DeAndre Ayton and showing D-Book with uh, AD and CP3. So a bunch of initials there. What are your thoughts on that, Mr. You know, dude, we got to get the best player possible. Kevin Durant, he's going to be here. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. You know what? Uh, the thing is with Anthony Davis, every time you talk about this dude, you forget how great he is. And people talk about his injury instantly. It's like, well, if he mm-hmm. can stay healthy. That's always a thing with him. So it's so hard to have any kind of case to say, hey, bring him and trade away to your youngest assets for Anthony Davis, who might not even play a full season the rest of his career. That's how bad it's gotten. But when he is healthy, he's a top three, top five player. He's that good. So it's hard. I mean, my nephew texted me about it. He's like, hell no. I'm like, nope. And then driving to work, I'm like, wait, uh, DeAndre Ayton, I guess maybe I would trade. But what am I thinking? Why am I doing this again with DeAndre Ayton? Like, here we go. You know, another trade opportunity Typical for the Suns like, to give away DeAndre Ayton, and I'm okay with it. And then Cameron Johnson, I'm like, nope, that's my guy. You can't do it, especially for Anthony Davis, who will get hurt. And that's always a thing. So I don't know. But I, I was thinking, too, like with LeBron James being in L.A. still for two more years, why would he want Ayton and a Cameron Johnson? Like, is that a weird fit, though? I feel like I feel like well, LeBron he, doesn't. Le, Le, LeBron never do would. With that, right? The LeBron yeah, never no, would. I don't. I like so what either. So says. Jay says in the chat. He goes, "It's Rob Palinka. Rob Palinka was the one leaking the news. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. You know, AD. You look at the last two seasons, he's played a total of seventy six games in two seasons, and he's not getting any younger. And you know, he bulked up last season, so he got too top heavy for his little ankles and his little knees. And yeah, he's talented, but. You know, I, I go back to the how he forced his way out of New Orleans, and that's when I instantly stopped liking Anthony Davis. I mean, it just did it for me. I just there's something about you know I get player empowerment era, yada yada yada, but like you know, how are you supposed to be a fan of a team 
And then your best player is just like, fuck this. I don't want to play here anymore. I mean, it hurts your feelings. Imagine if Devin Booker said that. Devin Booker just signed a massive extension. And what, next year, he's like, no, nope, I'm going somewhere else. I don't want to be here. Maybe maybe it's the, the Eric Bledsoe PTSD that I possess, but I don't like how that feels. So seeing that from Anthony Davis, don't even mention him in any trades on Twitter, everybody. Just let it be. Let him stay over there and continue to, to tie down the payroll of the Los Angeles Lakers. Let them be so top-heavy. Uh, trying to navigate a roster and have him not even be out there to perform. You know, it's just let it yeah, go. And at the same yeah. time, I'm with you. DeAndre, and we just re-signed. Cam Johnson, another. I mean, we have such a young, great, talented team that is entering its third consecutive season with the same starting five. You don't see that in the modern NBA. You just don't. So we need to, one, appreciate that. And two, know that this team, like, they're at that point where they are so instinctual playing together you can't teach that. You have to earn that. And this team has earned that. You don't go and fuck it up because Anthony Davis, you know, is, is no longer on LeBron James's good side. Yeah. And the Suns, I feel like every player on this team, especially the starters, they know who they are now in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Basically, of course, they're going to grow, but they know what their roles are. I feel like, and they can get even better. But Anthony Davis, he's one of those, he's one of the best players in the NBA, but I feel like mentally, like he fits really good with LeBron because he doesn't know who he is yet. I feel like he, I mean, on the court he does, but there's something, the way he goes about business, the way he was just taken under LeBron's wing that easily. And basically I feel like LeBron kind of just dictates what he does the rest of his life now. You know what I mean? It's like who you got to sacrifice that family member. And now you're mine the rest of your life. So I think Anthony Davis just has, it's just, it's a, it's a mental thing for me where I just think that he doesn't fit in with this team. Cause this team is very strong. They're all about winning. DeAndre Ayton's the only one, of course, we always talk about. It's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, he does he mm-hmm. does he prove can he prove it on the court? Ugh, like all that shit. But <laughs> the rest of the players know what the fuck they are. Like they they're very confident in their game. And I think I think Davis is, but with the injuries and just mentally, I just don't see it to where he's a fit for this team in that way. Dude's not an alpha. That's what you're trying to say. He's not an alpha. You know, he's a great no, he's beta. A, he's a younger brother like me. Yeah, he's, he's, a, a, he's, yeah, he's, he's a little brother whatever, like me. Whatever you say, LeBron. Sure, whatever so. you want, dude. Yeah, anything you want, guys. Any other Suns <laughs> news you want to hit? <laughs> no, I don't think there's anything else going on. <laughs> there's there. nothing else going on right now. So, all right. Well, let's get in to the Atlantic preview. The or I'm sorry, the Southeast Division preview. This is a division that includes the Atlanta Hawks, the Miami Heat, the Charlotte Hornets, the Orlando Magic, and the Washington Wizards. Uh, we actually posed this question on Twitter. So again, if you're not following us on Twitter, please do at Suns Jam. We asked who's going to be the winner of the Southeast Division. Uh, pretty predominantly, the Jamsters said with 65.4% of the vote, uh, the Miami Heat. Matthew, do you agree or disagree with the, the Miami Heat being the division winner? Yeah, I agree. I don't think a lot of things change with this division ever. So that's yep. true. The only thing that changes in this division is they get more draft picks because they're always in the lottery. Mm-hmm. That's about it. <laughs> so let's start. <laughs> let, let, about it. I'll, I'll start with the Wizards alphabetically backwards. Let's bring up the Wizards rosters for those of you who are watching. Uh, taking a look at what they did this past season to their roster. They added DeLon Wright from Atlanta and Taj Gibson from the New York Knicks. They traded for Monte Morris and Will Barton from Denver. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting thing. When we get to the Nuggets preview, that'll be interesting to note that they gave up Monte Morris and Will Barton. Uh, and essentially they gave up, you know, in an effort to obtain those two players, the Washington Wizards gave up Contavious Caldwell Pope. 
they the team also lost Raul Neto to the Cleveland Cavaliers, Thomas Bryant to the Lakers, and Ish Smith, who they traded Montrez Harrell for at the middle of the season last year, also went over in that deal to Denver. Uh, this is a team that had the 10th and the 56th pick, and they chose Johnny Davis and Yannick Nozia. And they still currently have not signed members of the team, Thomas Sadaransky and Cassius Winston. So if you take a look at their projected starting five, you got Monte Morris running point next to Bradley Beal, DeLon Wright playing small forward. The power forward is Kyle Kuzma. And of course, Chris Stops Porzingis is still playing center there. So taking a look at how the Washington Wizards have navigated their offseason, uh, what are your thoughts on this team right now? Oh, it's so strange. Um, I know last year they started out really well, and there was kind they of a did. little bit of a buzz, right? And uh, this year, I mean, it might be the same thing, but I think anytime I'm looking at Porzingis in that lineup, I'm like, how is the chemistry? Because the way I feel like it worked <laughs> with Doncic, of course, back in when he was with the Mavericks, he wanted to still be the alpha. He wanted to be the guy and the, the main guy on the team, which is insane. But from the outside looking in, it seems insane from the inside Kristoff still thinks he's the man. So how's that going to work with Bradley Beal, the chemistry? I don't know. I feel like anything I predict, anytime I predict anything for Kristaps, it's a trade. I feel like he won't be on the team <laughs> very much longer. But, uh, you know, I just, I feel like they have like the Kuzma Porzingis thing that could be going early on. It could be something where they start off hot again. But then it's going to be like, is Porzingis going to be traded? Is he going to butt heads with Bradley Beal? I think of things like that. And I just feel like this team is just kind of a mess with leadership too. I think Bradley Bill, really good player. I don't know if he's really the leader though that this Wizards team needs. I don't know how long he's going to be on this team. So, I mean, I mean, they, they did draft a Johnny Davis player. That's a slasher. He's great defense. Finishes at the rim. Um, kind of what they need is defense. But I just, I don't see much with this team. Like you said, lottery happens a lot in this division. So I see this as another lottery team. Yeah, I definitely see this as a team that is going to start to deconstruct its roster if they don't get off to a good start. And I'm talking like, you know, before the trade deadline, if this is a team that is 10 games under 500, which could definitely happen, I could see them starting to sell off some pieces. Now, kind of to your point, Matthew, uh, Bradley Beal, he, well, he's not going anywhere. And I know you don't, you say that contracts don't matter, but he just got done signing a max five year, $251 million contract. Uh, he gets paid $43 million this year, 46.7 the next year, 50.2 the next year, 53.6 in the year 25-26. And then he has a player option in 26-27 when he'll be 33 years old for $57.1 million. Bradley Beal is going nowhere. So what I can see from this team is, you know, as I mentioned, they might kind of take a stab at trying to be a productive team uh, again, this division isn't very strong, so you, they, might, they might be able to pick off some wins here and there and see what they have. And if it's not working out, what I see is more of them along the lines of, you know, selling off Kyle Kuzma, right? A power forward, $13 million a year. Uh, potentially selling off DeLon Wright, Monte Morris, Will Barton, some of the assets they just brought in. Uh, I'd be interested to see what they end up doing with Rory Hachimura. And then, of course, Denny Avidya. Uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, one of those players, kind of a productive player. Um, yeah. but he, but he's getting ready to have an opportunity, uh, to get maxed out at the end of this season. So they can offer him an extension at that point. So, you know, it's a team that they, they've taken some swings in the draft. 
They haven't kind of been, they haven't bottomed out yet, right? The the Wizards are always in the lottery, but they're not at the bottom of the lottery. They're not hitting those number one to number four picks. They're always at like eight to, tw- to 12, right? Yeah, I feel like we're always waiting for it though. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. They're just, they're not bottoming out. So I could see that this is a team who, again, the way that they navigate the front end of the season is going to tell us a lot about what they do. And from a Phoenix Sun standpoint, how does this affect us? What would you think about Kyle Kuzma on this team? I've always liked Kuzma. I yeah, think he had have. the he had the one bad year in LA. That was the LeBron year. That was the LeBron year. And after he's been very productive, I think off the court, people make fun of this dude. He's one of those guys people like to trash. And you know what? He's cool, calm, and collected. I think he's a good friend of Devin Booker. And I think he plays very well on the court. He 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 makes some great plays out there, but I feel like he he cares a lot about winning. And a lot of people he seems like kind of like misunderstood in a way. So if he played with the Suns, I'd be very happy, man. That's a big dude out there that can shoot the three and he can just hustle his ass off and get some boards. But um, I mean, what would you like? I, I know I did see though a Donovan Mitchell trade that might be happening to the Wizards, which is kind of weird. Interesting. I saw that. Yeah. So Kuzma I mean, would be in that deal. He would be exactly. in that deal. So he would be in that deal along with probably Porzingis. You know what I mean? So <laughs> what, what what's Porzingis gonna do? And they play know. up in Utah. That'd be hysterical. Do you remember well, Co- when they were trying to trade Booker for Porzingis? Or that was a rumor. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember okay. that. Yeah. Okay. Back when he was on the Knicks, Yuck. right? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, Kuzma's 13 mil this year, and he's got a player option for 13 mil next year. So, you know, he's definitely one of those guys who expect to hear his name around the trade deadline. I guarantee you he's going to be on the move this year. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how he, how the Washington Wizards kind of operate this season. We're, uh, real quick, uh, from a, uh, a perspective of betting, if you will, DraftKings yeah. has the Washington Wizards as a plus 3,000 to win the division behind only one team. Should we talk about that team or wh- where, where should we go? What journey should we pick? What, what team should we go the, with Is next? that the Magic? That's the Magic. Let's, Let's talk the magic about the Orlando way. Magic. So here's what's interesting about the Orlando Magic. Okay, so for those of you, obviously, again, who are watching – you, know, you can see on the screen uh, the roster moves that the Orlando Magic chose to make this season. You know, know that this is a team who last year was 22 and 60 and was last place in the Eastern Conference. They had the number one overall pick in the draft. Added via free agency, nobody. Did they trade for anybody? No. <laughs> they lost Robin Lopez as he went to Cleveland. They had the first overall pick in the draft, so they had Paolo Banchero, and they had the 32nd pick, so they got Caleb Houston. And their projected starting five is literally like a a who's who of lottery picks over the past like four years. You got Cole Anthony at point guard, Jalen Suggs, who's a, a great offensive player at shooting guard, Paolo Banchero at small forward, Franz Wagner at power forward, and Wendell Carter Jr. at center. Tell me this does not remind you of the Phoenix Suns five seasons ago where it's just like lottery picks is just the straight up the starting five for the team. <laughs> you know what it does, but I'm kind of excited. Like they still have Markel Fultz still, right? Like didn't Markel Fultz they do have Markel like, Fultz. Yeah. So I, him, Jonathan, Isaac did Isaac. Okay. There's an injury, right? With Isaac. Does he still mm-hmm. have that injury? Cause I just, I love the way it looks on paper. Of course, with this team, I just think there's a lot of exciting players and I think they got the Paolo guy that, you know, I mean, they got Paolo, who seemed like the right pick now with Chet being out this whole next season. Like, there's something you can watch. They might have hit on someone good there. So, they still yeah. got Mo Bamba. 
yeah, I was like, Mobamba is still there. I've always liked Wendell Carter. I don't know, man. It's just, it's a lottery team, obviously, going into next year. But I like their two picks. I think Jalen Suggs is good. And I think Paolo is going to be pretty freaking good, too. So, like you said, the Suns. But, I mean, Josh Jackson, I thought, was going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, who knows how that's going to always work out. But I think Paolo is going to be a good player for them, for sure. And I think just Markel Fultz still has it in him to, like, basically kind of chisel out a, a decent career as a, as a point guard. Like, there's still something there with him. Well, you look at this team, and as you mentioned, Jonathan Isaac, you know, injured last season, knee issues. Uh, they're hoping that he'll be ready for the start of the regular season, but if he's not, you know, obviously they have some other young players who can uh, fill that void. Looking at their roster, who do you think the most high, the highest paid player on this roster is? Uh, it is <laughs> Jonathan Isaac. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Isaac, <laughs> yeah, but it's not, not 17.4, but not guaranteed. Markel yeah. Fultz is 16.5. Wendell Carter, 14.1. You know, this is a team that when everything is said and done, they're $26.8 million under the luxury tax. And they're a young team. As, as you mentioned, a lot of a lot of names you just know, right? They've got Franz and Mo Wagner both on the team. You know, they've got uh, RJ Hampton. They've got uh, Terrence Ross is on this team, Gary Harris. So they got a lot of names that you kind of know. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, they're all down there in Orlando just getting their asses kicked every night. You know, they're a team that has... A lot of uh, talent. They remind me kind of of the Rockets, obviously. A team that's got a lot of young offensive talent who just necessarily can't put it together for an entire game, which, again, reminds me of the Suns from about five seasons ago, four or five seasons ago, where it's like, dude, we were in every game. We just couldn't close it out because we were just so young. And that's what they've done. You know, When the Suns and the Sixers were going through the timeline and the process, we were kind of walking through that, that entire period of basketball together as fan bases. Now you kind of have Houston and Orlando are doing the same thing where there's like, dude, we're just going to stock ourselves with young electric talent and hoping that getting the reps is going to equate to that time when they start to hit their prime and they're going to be fantastic players. That being said, their prime is not going to be in the 2022, 23 season. Uh, uh, let's see. DraftKings has them at plus 30,000 to win the Southeast division alone, plus 30,000. Again, the Washington Wizards were plus 3,000. So, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then you add Bull Bull, too. So, yeah, they got, the, they got Bull Bull. Yeah. So, who do, where do you want to go next? Where do you want to go next? Let me take a look. You want to do the Horny Hornets? Let's do those Horny Hornets, okay? <laughs> Can't argue with the Horny Hornets there. Taking a look at their team and how they navigated this offseason thus far. Uh, they didn't add any players via free agency. They did trade for Bryce McGowans from Minnesota. No idea who that is. Uh, they had draft picks, and here's what's interesting. There are three draft picks, the 13th, 15th, and 45th overall pick. Two of them they ended up trading. They traded Josh Minot, or Minot, or Minute, Minouette, the 45th overall pick. They traded him to Minnesota for Bryce McGowan's. Uh, they had the 15th pick. They took Mark Williams from Duke. They kept him. And they're the team that actually originally drafted Jalen Duran at uh, the 13th pick. They ended up trading him to the New York Knicks, getting some draft stock back. And the Knicks then flipped him right over to Detroit. Uh, and again, from a free agent standpoint, they have a ton of guys they still haven't uh, re-signed. Montrez Harrell, as we mentioned kind of at length at the front end of this podcast. Miles Bridges, who is a restricted free agent, so he's still on the roster. Uh, but obviously with legal issues going on, no one's touching that as uh, as well they shouldn't. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, Scotty Lewis, and Arnaldus Kubuka. 
And you look at their projected starting five. LaMelo Ball running the point with Terry Rozier right behind him. Our good buddy, Kelly Oubre. Jalen Daniels taking that power forward spot uh, in the absence of uh, Miles Bridges. And Mason Plumley at center. So on DraftKings, this is a team that is at plus 1,000 to win the NBA Southeast Division. Matthew, is there any way that they could that they're a value bet there that they can actually win this division. No, you know, I thought they were no. actually, they were, I was trying, I was trying to look up uh, Gordon Hayward. I put in Gordon Hornets. <laughs> um, you know, I, I thought this team was going somewhere. I thought they figured it out. I think they were blessed with LaMelo ball. I thought that was a great pick. Of course, he turned out to be something very, very special. Now it's just like, where are they going? What's the next move? Like, I know they had the things with miles bridges, so that set them back. But what's the next move for this team? Because they were on the trajectory up. They were. They had to spend some money for Gordon Hayward, but they were getting names on this team. They yeah, seemed to put, actually... I, I should have put Hayward in there as a starter, huh? Yeah, but the thing is, I don't blame you. It's like, is he healthy? Is he not healthy? <laughs> who, who I don't knows? know. I feel like if you would have put him in there, he was out next year with the ACL or something. So, I mean, that's that's bad to say. I feel bad for the dude. Um, but I just think this team was they were going somewhere for sure. They they were a team that was fun to watch last year. Uh injuries started to happen again. And I was like, okay, finally, Michael Jordan's got this team going somewhere. They're gonna be doing something big. Um, but there's just nothing happening. Like there's never anything happening with the Hornets until they got Gordon Hayward and until they drafted, or they first they drafted the middle ball, then they got Gordon Hayward. So I'm like, all right, what's the next move? Just keep spending that money, keep doing something. And now it's just back to the same Hornets. I feel like, I mean, I don't know how much the mellow ball can carry this team or how far they can, he can carry this team by himself. Kelly Oubre, love him or hate him. He's not a team player. He's not that guy. Terry Rozier, very underrated though now. So that's a good pairing. I feel like with the mellow ball, but this team is just still stuck. They're stuck again. That's a good way to put it. I don't, I don't know what I want them to be good. Cause I love those unis. I love that court. I love Lamelo. They just need one big player on the team, and maybe it's Porzingis. <laughs> just, yeah, that's my I bad. Annoyed you. That's my bad. I didn't even put Gordon uh, Hayward on here because, to your point, like you forget he plays there. I mean, talk about the ultimate. But you're right. This is a team that's like you get excited for. I mean, I think they were like our league pass team last year, right? Like we were, were excited. Yeah. Any chance we could, we were watching the Hornets, and they slowly just kind of dissipated because they couldn't put it all together. And they don't necessarily have the talent, nor did they do a good job of trying to accrue talent this offseason. Right, they really just kind of left it alone. They got Gordon Hayward on a thirty million dollar a year contract. Terry Rozier is making twenty one point four, and then Kelly Oubre is at twelve point six. Everybody else is under ten million. And you look at them, you know, to the luxury tax, they're thirty point four million dollars underneath the luxury tax, and it shows with this roster that they've put together. You know, you have Lamelo Ball is still on his rookie contract. You know, and that's that's not going to last. He's gonna. Uh, enter, you know, he's a qualifying offer. He's a restricted free agent next year. He's going to has a qualifying offer of 10.9 million. So this upcoming off season is when they're going to have an opportunity to really kind of, you know, pay LaMelo ball and as, as well, they should, but you got to put something around him. You got to put something that's a playmaker. And I know that, you know, a big part of the Charlotte Hornets is they really were fans of miles bridges. He was entering restricted free agency. So this was an off season in which they could have given him his bag. Obviously, you know, his actions are completely unacceptable and unwarranted, and they're not going to reward that with money as well. They shouldn't. And that's, that really hurts this team. Cause he is that he's the perfect complement on the court offensively 
to LaMelo Ball. He's a five-flyer dunker, Sean Marion-esque kind of guy. It's like exactly what you need with LaMelo Ball, you know, and then, and then he's he's an asshole. So, I mean, you got to deal with that. Yeah, he was always talked about in front of Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges was never talked about till last year. It was always Miles Bridges <laughs> yeah. as a guy. Before. No one ever got his name no right. One, no, but no one even talked about Mikhail. No one thought of him as a defensive, an all-defensive team player until mm-hmm. last year, right? It was always Miles Bridges because of the highlights. Him and LaMelo, especially when LaMelo got there, it blossomed. Now it's just kind of like, what's the next move to where you have to replace this guy? I don't know who it is. And like they have a lot of money, but then who wants to play in the land of the horny hornets who wants to go over there and play no one. i don't know nobody <laughs> nobody Sorry. apparently nobody i mean again yeah, the transact uh, the transactions speak for themselves so again a team that you know at plus 1000 if you see a value bet there go for it but i really don't see that in any way shape or form i see that this is a team that is just going to be kind of stuck in them this is a play-in team tell me the hornets don't have play-in team written all over them they do and they, do. they will get in because we all want Lamelo. We do. The, the the NBA wants they they want freaking Lamelo. That's what it comes down to, you know. Yeah. So, um, another thing I forgot to do is bring up the win totals. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that once we hit the Western Conference for sure, because okay. that's the fun stuff. Uh, next up on the list, the Atlanta Hawks. Now, whereas you have the previous two teams we talked about didn't have much movement, the Atlanta Hawks had all kinds of fucking movement. If you're looking at the screen right now, you're like, "Good lord, there's a lot to read here." So uh, maybe that's just me because <laughs> I have to, I have to read it. But you take. I can read over. this. You want me to take this one over for you, or you want to do this one? I'll do. The I want to do this one. one. You you can do the next one. <laughs> you next like one, to read. I like to it. read. I love it. <laughs> I do. I like to write and I like to read. Uh, and arithmetic. <laughs> Fuck that shit. All right, via free agency. The Atlanta Hawks added Frank Kaminsky and Aaron Holiday, both former Phoenix Suns, obviously. They added Trent Forrest as well from Utah. And via trade, they added DeJounte Murray, Justin Holiday, Maurice Harkless, and Tyrese Martin. So DeJounte's from the Spurs, Justin and Maurice Harkless from Sacramento, Tyrese Martin from Golden State. So you got two of the Holiday brothers are playing down there in the ATL. Uh, in the draft, they had the 16th pick where they took A.J. Griffin and the 44th pick where they took Ryan Rollins, who they utilized in a trade with Gold State to obtain Tyrese Martin. Uh, they gave up in, in an effort to get Justin Holiday and Mo Harkless. They gave up Kevin Horder. So he gone. Uh, oh, yeah. they, lost, they lost Jock Landell. He's a member of the Phoenix Suns now. And Danilo Gallinari, who was sent over the DeJounte Murray trade. Uh, they also lost DeLon Wright to the Washington Wizards, as we mentioned earlier, and Gorgie Jang to the Spurs as well. Uh, free agents, they still have Lou Will. They still got Skylar Mays, and they still have Sharif Cooper out there. And if you look at their projected starting five, it's a good starting five. Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, John Collins, and Clint Capella. So taking a look at this team, if you look at what DraftKings is putting out there, they're saying that this team has a plus 170 chance to win this division compared to the plus 100 and the plus 3,000, 30,000. So pretty damn good odds, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, it depends how you how you look at that. Um, the addition of DeJounte Murray and how much you think he's going to help this team. I think the Atlanta Hawks are, they're always just, they're mediocre. I mean, I know they went to the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago, but it's kind of like, who gives a shit? Does anybody get upset <laughs> when this team just fails to make it to the finals every year? Like, does it even matter? I'm sure I Hawks mean, fans do. <laughs> I'm sure they do. I'm sure they hate it. Well, I was just talking about like, 
I don't the whole Trey Young thing. He's just a player that's just like he's he's already a superstar, right? But then On it's just offense. like how, how yeah, how far can he take this team? And does anybody care? Like I feel like of course <laughs> I'm, the only reason I'm saying is because such he was, a West Coast fan. He was, like <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> all, all I'm saying is Fuck with him, ghost. with him and the whole Doncic thing. That's always something that's looked at. But I feel like everyone's kind of moved past that. It's like everyone's like, oh, you should have taken Doncic over. Um, over um, Mer- what the fuck am I talking Trae about? Young. Over Trey Young, yeah, over Trey Young, you should have taken him. But who cares anymore? I think that Trey Young, he has his team for mediocrity. Mediocrity, it's gonna be that way for a while. There's not a whole lot of expectations going into Atlanta. I feel like every year, I feel like every year, it's just like, yeah, you know, if they make it, it's fun. They're a fun team to watch with Dejounte Murray. What's that gonna end up looking like? What is that? Because the top, those two were in the top four of his assists last year. Yeah, ball handling now percentage, the, team. the top five. So it's like they're on the same team, and I feel like people are going to be like, "Yeah, they can work it out." No, both these players want to have the ball. They're going to want the ball at all times. It's going to affect them dramatically. I mean, Dejounte Murray was a All Star last year, but he had the ball all the time. He had it all the time for the Spurs. They let him go, go play on a winning team. Is he going to be able to handle that next to Trey Young, dude? Because honestly, I don't think it's going to happen. And I like to believe that these guys can get along and play well, but I just don't see it because they need that ball to play well, right? They need it Mm -hmm. to show up. They want to make the All-Star game every year. Trey Young automatically will be an All-Star every year, but now DeJounte, he has to fight for it. So how is he going to deal with that? How is that going to work out with this team I just I think it's going to be a bad year for them, man. I know we expect mediocrity out of them, and it's okay for that, but it's going to be a disappointing year. After all of that, after I feel like there's no expectations and no one gives a shit, I think it's going to be very disappointing that this seat that this they might be below 500. I just don't think they're going to be able to figure it out with this team. They always have um, who's the one that's always on the trade block? The power forward, not Clint John Capella, Collins. John Collins. I mean, so when Gambo tweeted out that thing about a power forward, everybody's like, dude, John Collins, John Collins, yeah. John Collins. It's like John Collins, uh, prior to the start of last season, signed a four, a five-year, $125 million contract. He's not uh, an unrestricted free agent until 2026. He's got a player option in 25, 26. You know, that's like three, four seasons out. You know what I'm saying? So... Mm-hmm. If you want Jock Collins, you're going to have to give up a pretty pennies. Uh, there's a couple things I want to talk about when it comes to the Hawks. I, I, I completely agree with you, Matthew. It's a team that, remember when Chris Paul and James Harden played together? Now, granted, those teams won a lot of games. But you had two ball-dominant players who, when the playoffs yeah. come, couldn't get it done. because but they were just, mature. They, exactly. They yeah. were. They were, And that's why they won 67 games. This is two younger guys. Here's the problem with Atlanta. Atlanta is so concerned with making... Uh, uh, Trey Young happy as well. They should, right? He's their star. Okay, you look at their roster. He's he, he, thirty-seven million dollars a year. That's what Trey Young's going to get paid this year. But what they do every season is they do where, where we talk about with the Phoenix Suns, how we have organic chemistry and and this instincts that I know where every guy's going to be on the court at every time. They're constantly plugging in new guys next to Trey Young every season. That there's no continuity in Atlanta. You saw that last year. They, you know, again, bring in a bunch of guys. They got Danilo Gallinari, and, and they got, you know, uh, they bring in Bogdan Bogdanovich, and they got all these, you know, new guys on the team. And then they suffer because they have no continuity. And you couple that with the fact that they bring in a ton of offensive guys, and it's a team that lacks defense because Trey Young is a zero on defense. So this year they do it again. 
You know, again, I'll pull the graphic up. They bring in Frank Kaminsky, Aaron Holiday, Trent Forrest, DeJounte Murray, Justin Holiday, Mo Harkless, Tyrese Martin. That is seven new players on this team plus two draft picks. Now, again, they traded one of the draft picks, so that's eight new players on this team. They, they got rid of Kevin Horder because, you know, he was kind of duplicitous uh, in their lineup, you know, and it's just, I, I'm with you, Matthew. I'd be very shocked if this team is not hovering around 500 uh, around the end of the season because they just, uh, and, and to Suns Geek point, Murray does bring defense, and that's the reason they bring him in. So shout out to Suns Geek. If it has to do with the Phoenix Suns, he's going to make a video about it. And he's probably making a video about our podcast. And he's like, listen, I'm going to talk about the Suns <laughs> podcast. It has to do with the Phoenix Suns, so I'm clearly going to make a video about it. It's like those people uh, that watch things, and you just sit there, and you watch them watch things. Yeah, Yes. You could do it's, that. It's yeah, literally an sure. entire show of Suns Geek watching this podcast. It's high-quality television. How does he react to our shitty takes? Uh, but again, I just Atlanta's a team that I just don't have a lot of faith in again. And like you said, like I don't care. Maybe it's the West Coast biased on me, but it's like Atlanta's always just kind of in this this, this they just can't find continuity because yeah. they're not allowing themselves to get uh, like stick with the same roster for a season, one extra season. I guarantee you, Trey Young is going to be great. But like, and he still is great. Yeah. But I don't know. He, he's great, and you know he gets a lot of shit. I don't mean like no one cares. They get a lot of shit when they don't win. Trey Young does. I I feel like the Hawks don't as a team, but it's always Trey Young. So I think the race for the championship is on basically between him and Doncic because I think that's just still a thing. I think the reason oh, it will like, be it will last year they, they will be forever connected. They overturn the roster almost every year now because they mm-hmm. want to surround him with players that that look and seem like they might be the best players available to surround him with. It doesn't always probably won't ever make sense, but it just depends okay. on how these guys adapt. I hope it works out. I'm just saying I don't think it's going to. I think it's going to be one of the one of the worst teams like just kind of just disappointing teams next year not the worst team but just very no, disappointing agreed agreed with that 100 percent. so all right last graphic let's bring this up we're going to talk about the miami heat and matthew's gonna read it all right this one's a tough one guys I so <clears throat> so via free agency javante smart so <laughs> um they actually didn't trade anybody this year so the heat are on the download too with this one. there's like nothing on here it's just, just hilarious <laughs> i knew <laughs> they're like the yeah. bucks though the bucks were the favorites to win their division and they had almost no movement the heat nothing. another team that is favored to win their division almost no movement so continue to fuck it up matthew <laughs> So the, <laughs> the NBA draft, who they draft the 27th pick was Nikola Jokic, Jovic, Jovic. Yeah, Nikolo, what a Nikola Nikola Jovic. It's literally spelled go. like Nikola Jokic, but instead of a K, <laughs> it's a V in his name. Like that won't confuse anybody ever, but good call on on uh, exactly, that. Exactly, man. <laughs> and then they lost the uh they lost PJ Tucker to Philadelphia, Markeith Morris to Brooklyn. Congratulations. Just, just signed Markeith with him Morris. 2 days ago. Yeah, very happy for you. I, I think a lot of Suns fans wanted him back. I don't know what that was all about. Yeah, that was strange. That was kind of strange. But free agents they're, Mike... they're, they're, they're like Gambo uh put out a tweet about a power forward. It's got to be Markeith <laughs> Morris. It's like get fuck yourself. Yeah, um so free agents they added uh, or they have Mikhail Mulder and Vince Scully. Or not Vince Scully, uh, the two X Files. <laughs> Sorry, Mulder reminded me. Mulder and Scully from X Files. Uh, starting, they're starting five though, and it's probably gonna. I feel like it's gonna be uh, something that changes mid season for sure. I have a few trade ideas for this one. Um, Kyle Lowry, point guard, shooting guard, Victor Oladipo, small forward is Caleb Martin, power forward, Jimmy Butler, and the center Bam Adebayo. Well done. Three claps for Matthew. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
There you go. So Thank looking at this team, you know, there, there's a reason why on DraftKings, they're the, the odds on favorite to win the division uh, only though at a plus or a negative 180. Um, it's a team that's been there before, right? They were in the finals two years ago. They're a team that is perennially in the playoffs. They have heat culture, you know, all that fun stuff. So everybody gets excited about that. Uh, you know, and I, again, I just, I think that with Jimmy Butler, with Bam Adebayo, with the leadership of Kyle Lowry, knowing that they still have Tyler Hero and they've got that solid bench behind them, you know, they're a team that in theory should win this division. What does that mean in final seeding in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, it's like a five seed, right? You know, that we talked about it a, a couple um, podcasts ago when we were previewing I forget the name of the divisions, the one that the the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers like those that and the Boston Celtics like that's going to count for the three of the top five seeds in the Eastern Conference. And then you're probably going to get the Bucks in there, too. That's the four seed. So whoever wins this division, like, good luck. You're the five seed. Yep. And um, I'm just thinking there's going to be a few trades that are going to happen. So Bam Adebayo is always one of those guys that's thrown out there. He's like the DeAndre Ayton for us, right? Everyone on kind the of, outside yeah. thinks bam is great inside it's like oh is he gonna be traded or what we need to upgrade very weird but there's two guys so i think these one of these two might happen i think what's, what's gonna happen is um so i'm trying to bring it up of course Dwayne <laughs> Dedman. no no so i think um you can either do bam straight up for ingram which i think zion when he comes back i think the ingram zion mesh is not gonna work i don't think it's gonna work at all so you're gonna have to trade ingram and then Siakam um, playing on the Raptors, going to have a down season. I think Bam for Siakam will be a straight-up trade. I think they just need that big guy that's a ball handler. Some Both those dudes can do that, get you big shots. Um, so I look forward to seeing that happen. I think that's something that's really going to happen. And then I'm just thinking point guard, too. Like, Can't you just have Jimmy be basically the guard and then have Tyler Hero start, too? Because I know you're going to have um, issues with Kyle Lowry going down the line or towards the end of the season just because he's so old, right? Last mm -hmm. year, we kind of saw it. We saw he kind of fell off. So I don't know what they're going to do with that. That will, That's why I'm just like, they should make a big trade. But will they even get anywhere in the playoffs, even if they pull off like a Siakam or Ingram? It just doesn't seem like the roster is ready for a playoff push or even a championship push. Yeah, and I don't know if adding those pieces necessarily makes, you know... That's what I'm saying. Pushes, yeah, like, pushes them to that next level. Yeah. Do you think that Jimmy Butler can have like an MVP type season this season with the Heat given this roster? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. Oh man, I mean, I've it always, really doesn't. The last, the last two times you've asked me, I've always in deep thought, looking down at my hands. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? You know. But what I was that? gonna say, like three years ago, no one thought Jimmy Butler was this good. All right. Yeah, so facts. I was gonna say it might be something where it happens just because it's Jimmy Butler and everyone doubts him. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, he, he's a great talent, and he's a player who thrives on anybody doubting him, but I don't think in any way, shape, or form. Uh, he just he always has the health issues. Um, again, Miami, is a, it's a team, and this division is kind of a, a team in the uh, a division in the middle, and they would have to take – it's interesting you said the, the Brandon Ingram trade. I would love to see something like that. Go to and the you know what? You called you call Porzingis last year, so maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. So we'll just look back and see. This is this is a division that uh, a lot of offense, not a lot of defense. It's always interesting when the Suns play them to see a lot of that offense. And sometimes we lose in shootout fashion because they have it. But, uh, you know, there you go. That's the Southeast division yeah. in the NBA and the Eastern Conference. And that's it for the Eastern Conference. Fucking A, we're done with that. 
I'm excited next <laughs> week. <laughs> next week, we're going to start on the Western Conference. You know, teams that we obviously are going to know a lot better, given the fact that we play them all the time. Uh, we have the Western or the Northwest Division, the Southwest Division, and obviously the Pacific Division. I think we should start with what? The Northwest next week, Matthew? Yeah, I love that um, area. I go up there a lot. Yeah, the look, PNW. Look at the- Look at the sunset and go by the beach. Well, that's the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Denver Nuggets, the Portland Trailblazers, and the Utah Jazz. So we'll be talking about them on the next edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Anything else you want to throw out there before we take off tonight, Matthew? No. Is there something that's going on with Cameron Johnson or Jay Crowder? I keep seeing things about their names are popping up, but I can't find anything. So I can't either. I saw something on Jay Crowder, and they're like, well, what he's saying on Twitter these days. And then I went to his Twitter account. He hasn't said anything since August 1st, which was the whole, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you just got to continue to improve or whatever. So I don't know. I don't I think, know either. I think boredom is really starting to hit us. And people oh, are crazy. like, you know, like Cameron Johnson likes something on Instagram, and everybody's like, oh, it was Tyler Hero's picture uh he's gonna he's gonna be a member of the heat it's like no tyler hero's a sexy dude he's just clicking like on it he can't blame <laughs> it was an it, accident so. right <laughs> it was an accident yeah. yeah he was trying to scroll up and he actually hit it you know he double tapped he's like oh shit know. so i don't know uh i don't know if he's that sexy but yeah no not really i just he thinks he is though <laughs> tyler harrell thinks he's the sexiest dude alive because he probably has a monster cock just like <laughs> just <laughs> like Devin booker dude <laughs> exactly when he turns he knocks over lamps and then the chicks yeah. come running you know so that'll no, make you feel sense. pretty hot that makes yeah. you feel very oh, confident. 100 100 so. he doesn't drive a big truck i'll tell you that he drives around in like a little ferrari <laughs> a little, corvette a little a little, geo. Okay. a little geo and he steers that shit with the dick no um so anyways if you got nothing else, uh, I guess that's it for August. We made it, Jamsters. We made it through this shitty fucking month. Yeah. So, again, thank you for joining us. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you consume this podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. If you're not watching on YouTube, go to YouTube. Give us a thumbs up. Leave a comment. Uh, and, again, if you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, make sure you leave us a five-star review. How do you feel about your three fantasy football drafts we were in the last three nights? Which team do you hate the most? Can I say something? Are you going to cut me off? Okay. Um, <laughs> last night's... I don't know if I... I think I like them all. I feel like I got all the players I wanted. Mm-hmm. It's just the after effect of looking at the review. I finished last. So my prediction is I'm 1-13, 1-13, 1-13 fucking league. Those things are always wrong, dude. I didn't yeah, even I get know. the reviews. Like, How is that possible? It's like I picked who was basically there. If- I picked who everyone told me to pick. And I got them. Basically, if you're winning the league, it's like you're going to be six and seven. So it's like I never listen to that. Okay, okay. How confident? Like of of your three teams, which one do you like the most, and which one do you like the least? Okay, so um, the banquet league where I have, um, I do have Russell Wilson and Cornelius. Like I, I think that team up. And yeah, down you got is a, you got a lot of Broncos, man. I'm like I was really AFC high on is the, the Broncos. AFC, those te- every time I have a team full of AFC players, that's mm-hmm. my fa- that's my favorite team. And I don't know why I just don't do that every year. Maybe because I just don't get the players ahead of well, me. Well, but this year it's very AFC dominant. And like one thing I really want to do is get a piece of those that Broncos offense, and I didn't get a bunch of it. There's like two offenses I wanted. I wanted part of the Vikings and part of uh, the Broncos. I just don't feel like I got enough of those pieces. Uh, but to that point, the Banquet League, I got uh, Mike Williams. So I got kind of the number one slash two from the Chargers. I got Juju Smith-Schuster, the number one kind of slash two from the Chiefs. And then I got Jared Judy, who's the number two in Denver. So at least I got part of that division because those will be fun yeah. shootouts, you know, sitting around watching football, watching the AFC uh, West go back mm-hmm. and forth and, and hit each other. That, that'll that be kind of fun. 
Yeah, I can't wait, man. I think I honestly, this is the first year where I've liked my teams, and I didn't do a whole lot of prep. But you listen to the podcast; they give you the guys that they like, and mm-hmm. they give you your, their top players to get each round. I feel like I got them, so we'll see. I trust in them, just like the CVS or the CBS um, podcast I listen to for baseball. That's all I do yeah. is listen to that, and I've gone pretty it. far. Kind of so, and I haven't listened we'll to it. See, and I'm man. giving up on fantasy baseball this year. So I know you're all done. Over. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, and and everybody's asking me right now. They're like, dude, Dodgers are on fire, man. Dodgers are on fire. Ninety wins. I'm like, I'm a Dodgers fan. It's the same shit every year. Fucking do it in the playoffs, man. We always peak too early. Did. They we did do, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Okay, which would be like because it was a shortened season right about now where they're just crushing. Oh my God. Well, it's like just- <laughs> right after the All Star break, they crush it. And then they start to rest their guys for the last two weeks, and then they fucking suck in the playoffs. Like it's the same movie every effing year. And hey, at least you're not losing to the Angels that. again, two to three. God damn it! I mean, Judge has to hit 100 home runs this year just to get those wins. Yeah, what's he at? 50? So, he's at 50. I thought he got 51 yesterday, but that was the 50th. Was yesterday? So. Gotcha. Oh well. Yeah. Well, there you go, Jamsters. Thanks for uh, hanging out here, Matthew, and I talk about bullshit that you don't care about. Yeah, so thank you. See you next Wednesday, folks. Take care. Bye-bye. Have a good uh, family. Check your phone, uh, family.